Good morning, y'all. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. Sleep tight. Hope you're not letting those bed bugs bite. Welcome back to the Peace, Love, and Applesauce podcast. My name is Juan. And my name is Abby. And how are you doing today, bestie? I'm doing good. How are you? I was asking the audience, not you. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Ooh. How was your day? We're alive. <laughs> we are alive today. <laughs> uh, so I had one of those days where I reflected Mm-hmm. All day long. As you do most days. And uh, today I was reflecting on my relationships with others, and I was really in my head about why I care so much about the way other people perceive me. I've always tried really hard to make sure that I'm making everyone around me feel comfortable, even if they don't like me, let alone if it's even my place to do that. Uh I've always tried really hard to be likable, and today I was finally like, why? And not that, like, I haven't had that fart. (laughs) That fart. I ain't have that fart before. (laughs) That fart. (laughs) Um, Not that I haven't had that thought before, but I was just like, Today, it finally, like, really sat within me and was like, bro, who freaking cares? Why? Who cares? Like, literally, who cares? Did you you give yourself an answer as to why? Kind of. I was getting there. Oh, okay. I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll shut up now. Um, There was a scenario that happened a little over a year ago where someone I'm close with asked me to try and make a better effort to make someone else feel comfortable. And even though this person that I was being told to make feel comfortable was an inconsistent figure in both mine and Juan's lives, uh, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I can totally do that. I don't want them to think I don't like them. And I definitely want them to feel welcomed and feel a part of our group. But I knew I was being asked this in the manner of be the bigger person because I am emotionally mature enough to do that task. So, Uh, yeah. I see. Yeah. So the question that I ended up asking myself is, is it my job to cater to the perception others have of me for the simple reason that I am emotionally mature? Being, so like I realized that like, you know, being emotionally mature, it didn't come free And it was something that I had to work towards uh, in order to better interact with others. And at that, it took a lot of reflection and critical thinking about my own actions to bring me to a more aware perception of how I interact with others. So the conclusion that I came to was no. I don't think that it is my job to do that. Because if it's always my job to be the bigger person and make up for the communication that someone else lacks, especially a stranger or an acquaintance, is that really proving to someone else that I'm the bigger person? Mm. Because how, how would they even know all of that internal work that I did to get to this point to be able to communicate the way that I do? And you can't expect them to like take it into consideration 
or yeah. care about it, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like they, they know any of that stuff. And then on top of that, like, I have no idea if they're even going to care. Mm. So to me, being the bigger person is just like a guilt trip ticket to get someone else to people please, regardless of if somebody else acts, acts, asks you to be the bigger person or if you tell yourself to do it. So my question is, how many times have you been told to be the bigger person? Uh, all the time. Like literally my entire life. Like, people are still telling me to be the bigger person as I get older. And it gets more frustrating to have to be the bigger person all the time. Because, like, we're adults dealing with other adults our age or even older than us. And it's like, come on, bro. I can't tell you how many times where I have zero patience and, like, I don't want to be the bigger person. Mm -hmm. But I do it so much that I do it subconsciously. Like, why do I have to constantly check myself and what I say or do when no one else seems to do it in return, at least in like from my experience, I can't say that no one's ever like looked out for me like that or uh, been the bigger person for me. Like I'm not saying, oh, what was me? We ain't playing the victim card here. Yeah. But to play devil's advocate, looking at the opposite side of the argument, there have been times where I thought my actions were fine, but I ended up walking all over people like the time that guy ripped into me and called me. A genuine douchebag yeah. with his entire soul. Like <laughs> he said that with his chest and meant it. So like, all right, quick story time. Um, I was at a little dance thing, <clears throat> puberty, and uh, there was this guy standing off in the corner by himself. He had earplugs in because you know it gets kind of loud, and he was minding his own business, just kind of standing there. And then person B decides to go over to person A to like they start dancing in front of him getting in their face a little and, like, being a little funny. Got them to smile a little bit. But then there came a point where person A got uncomfortable mm -hmm. because of person B. And, I'm like, once I saw him start to back away and, like, he wasn't receiving it the same anymore, I just simply walked over to the guy, tapped him on the arm, was like, hey, man, just, just keep it in the circle. Like, that's all. And he looked at me and was like, but what wh who are you like i was like oh i'm this guy's friend like our our mutual friend he's like and what's that got to do with me i was like bro i'm i just said to keep it in the circle he's like nah stay in your lane i'll stay in mine i was like oh you're gonna be like that he was like yeah i was like okay i got you and then still kept talking and just running his mouth and i was like yo are you still going he's like yeah i was like all right let me hear you out. Talk to me. What did I do to you? Boom, boom, boom. Ran down all his points. He's like, you can't perceive it as an attack. I was the only one going over to him. No one talked to him and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, cool. I, I see exactly where you're coming from. I completely respect the, the gesture you were doing, but I saw it from a third party perspective even farther away. He started to get uncomfortable. But I didn't get to say that because he just kept going, kept going, kept going. And then he's like, uh, you know, you're a real douchebag. And I was like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, every time you come in here, you act all big and tough. And like, you don't you say hi to everyone else but me. You don't dap me up. And I'm like, OK, I, I, I can take that. Cool. And he was like, it don't matter how many positive videos you put on social media in real life. Fuck you. 
And I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> that was so far. I was not expecting that. I told this guy, I just, all I said was keep it in the circle. And it turned into that. And he then, had a grudge. Bro, and I, I, gen- I looked at him. I was like, you know what, man? I'm sorry I made you feel like that. Will you hear me out now? He said, you can talk, but I ain't going to listen. And I was like, ah, I've got nothing to gain here. <laughs> I can't win. I don't want to win. I I can't even try and get you to just hear my perspective. So you know what? I'm going to head out. Yeah. Like, simple as that. And, like... That was the one time I got called out like that and I couldn't do anything about it. But like everything in me was like, what else could I have done to make this guy not like me? And like in that moment, a lot of other people would have handled that disrespect way different. But I was so worried about being the problem for everyone else. And I had to be the bigger person and just walk away because it clearly wasn't going to benefit anyone. And after he called me out like that, I deadass haven't seen or heard of him since. Like, that was his purpose in my life. He was supposed to call me a douchebag just so I could reflect on it and talk about it on this podcast. (laughs) Story time Uh, over. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, For me, like, people-pleasing obviously is a little bit different. But I see my people-pleasing habits more integrated into, like, my social personality because I have a different social personality which is like, you know, like the issue, but you know, whatever. Um, I recently reconnected with my shyness. So naturally I am and always, always have been a really reserved and shy person, but I come from a really aggressive type A family who's always pushed me to not be shy whatsoever because society has an ongoing issue with people who are shy. It's like, outgoingness isn't like a pinnacle of isn't like the pinnacle of personality traits it's not like a level you achieve growth wise but up until recently I would push myself to be outgoing because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do to make everybody else happy um and although it was really cringy like I'm not I'm not (laughs) meant for that I'm not meant for that um I thought it was leading me to a better version of myself since being shy is not usually a compliment. And I thought the way that others would perceive me would be better if I were outgoing by making other feel, others feel comfortable in my presence so there isn't an awkward silence. But that is the problem. I like myself when I'm shy and reserved. I don't feel the need to constantly contribute or be in the center of all of the action going on um, or being the person that's filling that awkward silence. Like, you do that then, or let's just let it be silent. Mm -hmm. I'm happier observing and listening and just being present. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need all that. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I've been working on, just being more of what I like instead of what I think others might like from me. And I can truthfully say that at this point, I don't care how anybody else perceives me because Mm -hmm. I've been working on this for, you know, a while, like people perceiving me per se. It's not my job to smile and wave at every single person that I see in public. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm minding my business when I'm out and about. You can say hi to me if you don't want to, fine. Mm -hmm. But it's not my job to see you and be like, 
I should say hello. Mm-hmm. You need that from me. And that, like, that was the whole problem with the guy. Like, yeah. I, I just yeah. didn't, I didn't say hello to him. Yeah. And it was such a big deal. But at the same time, he never went out of his way to say hi to me or anyone else. This is but, what I'm saying. But I was the bad guy yeah. because I had a platform that I was trying to create. Oh, well. That's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I'm, if I'm out doing my thing, like I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing. Actually, I'm n- never worried about what anybody else is doing. I, I'm here to live the way that I want to. And I'm so tired of people pleasing. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So since we're on the topic... <laughs> Of people pleasing, Abby and I have agreed that for the first three episodes, we've been a little tiptoeing in our Jordans uh, around a lot of these heavier topics or Mm -hmm. things we really want to dive into. Like, we honestly feel like we still have some residual people pleasers left in us and we have to tiptoe. And we can't be as in-depth or raw as we said we wanted to be in episode zero. Yeah, because some topics have come up and we're like, oh, but like they'll know that we're talking about this or we're talking about this certain person or this certain scenario that happened. As you've heard, we keep it vague on purpose. Yeah, because, you know, it's not fair to like air anybody else out. Yeah, we're not here. We're not here to do that. Yeah, but, you know, we still have a perspective that... It still happened. Yeah, it still happened on our end. So, you know, because of people pleasing, we have decided to reevaluate. We decided a while ago to reevaluate our relationships and also with alcohol. Mm hmm. Yeah. And those relationships associated because of alcohol. Yeah. So, this is a little bit heavier of a topic, but. We're going to try to do it as gracefully as possible. I mean, I already swore this episode, so Facts. I haven't already, done that the first couple. We're already falling down the hole. It's okay. Welcome to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So in terms of alcohol, um, I did dry January, and it ended up going into February. And I didn't really realize until... Juan and I went and got a drink with his brother not that long ago, but up until I had that drink, I had been sober for two months. Mm-hmm. And it made me reflect on like how I drink and what I'm like when I drink and specifically my drinking personality, which everybody has one depending on what you drink. Right. Like that little alter ego, like, ooh, yeah, this one got to come out tonight yeah. or I get this when I drink that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... What I realized is that my drinking personality is super theatrical, obnoxious, over the top. And looking back at that, and that's when I, like, I get drunk. That's not like I have, like, a sip and I'm like, whoa! You're you're gone. Yeah. I'm, like, when I'm, like, at the point of, like, tipsy onward, this is how I get. It's a show. It's a show. And it's very embarrassing. I don't like it like looking back on it. So we had a Halloween party and um, back in October, obviously. 
And <laughs> not in July. Well, I, I didn't know if I should specify it was like this past year or like if it was like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at our Halloween party, which is also when my birthday is, so it's kind of a, a twofer. Mm, a two for one. So we party hard. A buy one, get one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I realized how erratic I get when I drink and how it affects everybody else. Oh, my God. I get so stressed out because I don't know what I'm going to get and, when you drink. And and that's literally my point. I'm so erratic when I drink. And I didn't realize it until I completely stopped and was like, wow, that's not good. And... I, I guess I do this because I get lost in the idea of being a fun drunk party person because that was my example growing up. Yeah, you stabbed your birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> I literally did. There's I a video of it. it. I asked for permission, first of all, to stab it. I know. Everyone was like, mm, it, it's your birthday. Why not? It's not a bad <laughs> idea. Go for it, bud. You stabbed that cake. Yeah, but nobody said no. It was, listen, It everyone was like, Bleh! Yeah, they were like, like, yeah, stop that chat. <laughs> <laughs> so we, that, that definitely made us come to the conclusion that like socially drinking is essentially not only a part of being an adult, but like it's a requirement of friendships as you become an adult. And like don't get me wrong, we've had some great times in those situations. We have some Absolutely. funny memories. But once you get to the point of like hey, all we're doing is going out to drink and like I'm only entertaining you. I only ever see you with a drink in your hand. Yeah, or like I'm only you're like some people are like, "Oh, we got to get you drunk cuz you're a great time." Like Yeah. Or it, that's me. That's it, me. That's what people do to me. Yeah, it's it's like a way to brag. Yeah. About not only your friend. Everybody's but like, like you, Abby's crazy. And yeah, <laughs> so you're like, oh, well, I gotta, I gotta drink. I gotta put on. I can't let the people down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fucking clown at a circus. <laughs> and like, especially for me, I fall victim to peer pressure super easy because, yeah. like, you never want to be the guy that says no, and like, you ruin the time for everyone else. Yeah. So, like, there have been so many times where I genuinely will be like, no, I don't want to drink, or. There have been days where I wouldn't feel good, and then you hear, come on, bro, or don't be a bitch. Like, yeah. That, what, I can't say no to that, unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah. There have been times where I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm actually going to. Not today. I'm heading out. I have had some restraint. Yeah. As I started to build these boundaries with drinking, but uh, yeah, like, have you ever really noticed, like, how much you get shamed for not participating mm -hmm. and like when you start to stand firm and consistently say no you kind of get shunned by the friend or the friend group that invites you to do yeah. the drinking and like then you eventually don't get invited to hang out because most of the time they only want to go out yeah. so it's kind of like ah, i know they don't want to come out because they don't want to drink so mm -hmm. it's kind of like when you look at it that way, it's like, what, what was the substance to the friendship if yes. you only hung out when you drank? Mm -hmm. And you don't want to lose friends or, like, make 
people feel a certain way because of what you did. But at the same time, like I'm making myself feel like dog shit just to make someone else's life happy. Well, not someone else's life happy, but make someone else like me Mm -hmm. and like feel accepted because like as the person who said no, I realized like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I do drink a lot and it's, it's, it's got to slow down a little bit because I really was not feeling good and like especially over quarantine and how many episodes we mentioned quarantine now like all of them (laughs) probably but it's a significant point in history definitely but like it got bad over quarantine because i was still socially drinking but virtually like i was snapchatting everyone to take shots with me and like i played beer pong over zoom and facetime we made jello shots we made jello shots to buy the dozen yeah like a lot we were we were doing it a lot because it was like I was posting everywhere, not everywhere, like obviously because I don't promote that to younger people, but I was posting it to my older hey, friends. Hey kids, I'm getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, Mr. With, Juan's getting drunk. Oh no, don't put that in a <laughs> sentence. That's horrible. Oh, that's. Funny. But like, just. Kind of showing off to your friends, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm on beer number nine, and it's only 1 p.m. Yeah. That just wasn't the way to cope with quarantine. No, ma'am. After things started to open back up and we started to see our friends again, we weren't as comfortable drinking as much as we were, especially during quarantine, because it just got really out of hand, and Juan and I noticed how much it physically harmed us with like you know the effects the weight the bloating Mm, your boy was thick the stomach problems (laughs) yeah yeah um i think because alcohol was always present in my life i subconsciously surrounded myself with it because it was normal to always have alcohol around and therefore i surrounded myself with people who had a desire to have alcohol consistently present at like all of our interactions for a long time it was an important presence in my life and I absolutely partook in wanting alcohol to be around equally as much as anybody else but especially after I had our daughter and began to withdraw from those scenarios in uh in a heavy alcohol presence, Mm -hmm. I wanted to start to create heavier boundaries with alcohol, even though I didn't have them quite, you know, the boundaries figured out and like firm, you know, when you start, you don't really know. You're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. I was given, and I was given a lot of pushback, which was really hard because I was trying to create boundaries. And Because I was redefining my own relationship with alcohol, some people took it as a direct jab to them, even though it wasn't, but it directly, it did directly affect our relationship. And I saw how this didn't align with the changes I wanted to make. And ultimately I had to distance those relationships. And it was so frustrating and confusing trying to figure out how to have these different boundaries to keep me from people-pleasing and indulging in more alcohol than I wanted to 
or if I wanted to even indulge at all. And it got so bad that I had a fear, especially when, you know, we moved, that any type of like small get together or birthday party at our house, somebody would be pissed at me because they saw me quote unquote throwing a party and I didn't invite them to come rage, even though that I knew that if they knew there wasn't alcohol, it wasn't an alcohol type event, I wouldn't even get a response in the first place. Mm. You know, it's just like the look of it and it wasn't the look of it. <laughs> so this past New Year's, we were planning like what we wanted to do and how we wanted to celebrate. And our friend that was going to be joining us, she was talking to me about it and she was like, hey, um, I don't really want to drink. And I was like. It was music to your ears. It was music to my freaking ears. I was so excited. I was like, wow, somebody doesn't want to take 15 shots in one night. I'm tired. <laughs> and like we didn't. It was a lot of fun. We played games. We laughed. We saw the countdown and we went to bed and it was a good night. We didn't, there was no pressure. Mm -hmm. It was like, just have a good time. So when she said that originally, I realized how hard I was pushing myself to still cater to people who wanted me to throw parties and invite them and how uncomfortable that pressure makes me. And like I said earlier with the being afraid of people seeing any get together we have and being like, well, why wasn't I invited? Because there's like always alcohol. And because of New Year's this past year, I was like, there is a time and a place to involve alcohol. And although, you know, that's going to look different for everybody, I know what that means for me. And I am comfortable with the boundary that I have made. So I have a boundary with alcohol now and I re have removed all of the people in my life that only had a relationship with me when alcohol was involved. And I didn't cut anybody out of my life because they want to indulge in some type of alcohol like that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Like I I was the one that removed myself. I cut myself out. And the reason that I did that is because our interactions were purely alcohol based. And nobody would really make an effort for anything outside of alcohol consumption. But it's also because, like, it's the easiest way to get together. Yes, exactly. So it's like, oh, let's catch up. Let's get a drink. And I didn't want to do that anymore because I was like, alcohol's not good for me. I can't do this as consistently as you want to. So, you know, I tried to communicate me being a mom, me having different things that I have going on. I can't do this alcohol thing right now. And there was no real meeting in the middle. It was like, oh my God, well, why? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So it came to... Things got a little sour. Yeah, it just got like sour. And I was like, you know what? The best thing for me to do is to just remove myself. No arguing, no fighting, no nothing. Just remove myself. And that's what I did. After 
You had your little bit of pettiness. I did. Okay. It was. It wasn't that easy. You're I human. Know. You I can know. admit it. Oh my Say gosh. It. Yes, it. I'm just human. I was petty about it when it was happening, but when I did remove myself, I was very mature, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna yank and be done. But yes, I was at times petty. At times being like, oh my god, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> but yet you still didn't leave because. There was a part of you with that attachment, like yeah, I was I can't so attached to the down. yeah, I was so attached to the friendship that I was like, I can't remove myself, and that's what made it worse. Mm-hmm. I'm so attached to these people; I've known them for so long, and this is not the only reason. Let's also put that out there: alcohol was not the only reason that I removed myself from different friend groups. Um, it was my own fault for letting. A lot of things stack up on top of one another and not properly communicate. But I am just a person. I am learning and I don't know everything all of the time. So I can only do so much until I figure it out. And then I got to get on my shit. Can't do better till you know better. But when you know better, you got to do better. Yep. And sometimes it just takes you a while to figure out. And that was the case with me. With all of these different friendships that I had, I was just like, okay, this is just one example about alcohol. Yeah, take a breath. Jeez. (laughs) Slow down. So I can finally, like, I I finally have relief that I have a group of people that fit within the boundaries that I have set for my life, especially with the alcohol thing, but, you know, other boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. And we can just enjoy each other's company without the pressure of, like, let's get hammered tonight it's actually getting more inconvenient to try and get alcohol involved yeah but more importantly because i have realized this people pleasing deep within my alcohol consumption um and removing all of those things that don't fit in my life anymore i have room in my life now because i made those changes um and i have room in my mental capacity to make new friendships that align with the lifestyle and the person that I want to be. Yeah. Which, which is like the point of doing all of that. And that's on growth. Growth. And although it sounds like we're just whining and complaining about just random shit that's happened to us, we aren't playing the victim card. Like, we've played our part. Mm-hmm. And we have did half, if not all, of those things that we just talked about. Like, mm-hmm. we, we are no better than anyone else for trying to make this change. But at the end of the day, bringing it back to the topic at hand, we see how deep our people-pleasing tendencies went, and we decided to change those behaviors because we saw how it was affecting us. And we're just trying to sort through the stuff that we've been through. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, for me, it's okay to change your mind about things that you do it doesn't matter if it's like for me like the alcohol thing or if it's like a place that you go to or if it's people that you hang out with it's okay to change your mind it's okay to look at something and be like hey you know I don't really like my relationship with this thing I'm gonna change it because there's also a possibility that although it was functional before that didn't really mean that it was good for you in the first place and that was a big lesson with alcohol for both Juan and I is that, like, mm-hmm. it the amount in the first place wasn't 
functional. It wasn't sustainable. And that's what you want. You want things that are sustainable. So it's okay to reevaluate. It's okay to change your mind. And it is impossible to please everybody. You're mm-hmm. not going to. Yeah. So just kind of do what you want anyway, within reason. Do what feels good to you. <laughs> right. Do what is sustainable to your life. Because at the end of the day, you're all you got. Facts. And on that note, we hope you have a great day. We love you. Peace, love, and applesauce. Bye. Bye.